Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our good friend Ian Eagle, play-by-play announcer for the Brooklyn Nets, NFL on CBS, and I can go on and on in the resume. Ian Eagle, Mr. Sir, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Bill? How we doing? We're doing great, man. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you. So are, are you heading to the bubble? Ah, yes. The $64 million question. Uh, still yet to be determined. Nothing is official yet. Uh, it's, it's definitely a fluid situation, but there is a very good possibility that, that I could be a part of it, yeah. So uh, Giannis had said the other day that if indeed they won a championship, he said this would be the toughest one to win. And Coach Budenholzer kind of backed him on that, but then backed a little bit because obviously he's been through it with Coach Popovich and such, and he doesn't want to take away championships from others. But because of the circumstance, no home court advantage, uh, the fact that you're coming out of a basically a two and a half three month layoff, uh, and then you're going to this 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 bubble to play and and play it in almost a tournament esque style of play. Uh, do you feel this is the toughest championship to win? Yeah, it's interesting though because I think very early on in the quarantine, when the possibility that the NBA would return, uh, the the recurring narrative that you heard over and over was, well, asterisk, no doubt about it, asterisk. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the same thing. And now as we've had some time to to actually process what the NBA is doing and the challenges that the players will face, both physical and mental, I think the the general consensus has shifted more to where Giannis was coming from, which is you win this thing, you earned it. (laughs) This This is not an asterisk by any stretch of the imagination. And I think you do have to factor in all of the things that have been talked about, uh, the circumstances surrounding it, how your body is going to respond after not being in your normal regimen of staying fit and staying active and staying uh, in sync with how your body normally is during a basketball season. And then the, the mental part of being in a bubble and how you handle it day to day individually from a team standpoint, how the coaches handle it. Uh, to me, uh, yes, uh, anyone that is still talking about the idea that uh, this this would not count like any other championship isn't seeing the big picture. Then there's players that are opting out and or testing positive and are being asked to self-quarantine and such. And yeah. um, it, it's just it, there's a question there, but I don't know what it is. You can't question a guy who who opts out. I mean, if there's a genuine health concern, whether it's for himself or his family or somebody sure. close to him, you understand it. Uh, there's players that have tested positive. It, it, I, I guess the question is, does this diminish? Considering I think it's going to be one of the toughest championships to win, not only to just stay healthy in general, but then to do this in this environment, 
I don't know if, say, a player like a LeBron or a Kawhi or Giannis or somebody goes down with 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 COVID, do then we look at the asterisk uh, on this thing if if we say, okay, you know, Brooklyn wins it all because the path is cleared <laughs> via COVID? You know what I mean? It just there, there's, yeah, there's no. a different feeling then. You make a great point, and I think we have to keep our mind a bit open with all of this. In sports, we're used to having a strong opinion, sticking with it. Uh, we've seen time and we've seen history dictate the way that we feel. Well, this is all new. Uh, this is a very surreal blank canvas that we're dealing with in the NBA. And the idea that I'm going to make a proclamation in early June and that's going to live on into mid-October is probably silly. Uh, even the NBA doesn't exactly know how this is going to look how it's going to sound, how it's going to feel, all of that from an in-bubble experience to outside the bubble for the viewer, for the listener, games on radio, games on television, how they'll be presented. This is a whole other conversation that's taking place. And look, oftentimes our feelings and our opinions are formed based on our experiences. We have nothing to compare it to, nothing there is no handbook to go on. The NBA is literally creating a handbook for players, coaches, staff members, broadcasters, anybody involved to try to follow along. But there's going to be trial and error. And you just mentioned it. Even players that have opted out normally. You know, this is probably unfair. And maybe it's something that we have to reassess with mental health and uh, with deeper issues that may pop up inside of families. These are not superheroes. Uh, they're, uh, they're still susceptible like everybody else. So the idea that an athlete may opt out, not just in the NBA, but baseball and football and soccer and hockey and any major sport, we can't now just brand them with uh, this negative connotation. That, well, that's it. Uh, he, he's not going to... He's not going to join in. He's not going to fight with his team. Uh, that, that's not fair. That's a very simplistic approach, and there are extenuating circumstances that affect individuals that are outside of our purview. One of the big questions that came up was whether or not players should even play or concentrate yeah. on social justice and continuing a message. And, and I said, look, it, you've got your platform already, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or you know Twitter, whatever it happens to be. But if you're putting yourself out there and you're visible to a country that is starved for live competitive sports right now and you're going to have so many eyes upon you, I thought all along, it's not just because I want you to play, it's because I think that you also have the availability of all those millions of viewers to say, here also is the platform. Uh, sure. do, do you agree with players wanting to come back because of – because I think the message is going to continue. I, I, I don't – want to degrade or downgrade someone because they don't want to play because of what's going on in our world today. But I think your platform becomes bigger if you're more visible. Yeah, I, I don't believe they're mutually exclusive, Bill. I know they're intertwined in some way. What was happening with the pandemic, that's what most of us were dealing with in our day-to-day -day lives. Then, with the murder of George Floyd, it, it took a seismic shift, and we started – to look inward, all of us individually started to look inward. And I think, 
NBA players who have such a large platform, many of them looked in the mirror and said, what can I do? How can I help? Uh, How can I affect change? And I have no issue with any player that questioned at that point what the next six months would look like for them, six years and beyond that. Uh, I, I think the idea that every player in any sport, but let's take the NBA because that's our topic right now, Mm-hmm. that every player was going to be on board with whatever the NBA decided. That was far-fetched. <laughs> These are individuals. They have opinions. They have lives. They have families. Uh, they have their own personal experiences. So the idea that there was not going to be any kind of pushback, that everybody was just going to fall in line, uh, that, that was not realistic. And while there was some resistance It appears that the NBA has dealt with it. They've talked it out. And that's how we should be as a society. Discuss it. You have a problem? Let's talk about it. Let's not just dismiss it. Let's talk it through. And I do believe they had legitimately valuable and effective conversations once they knew there was a faction of players that felt a little bit uncomfortable with the timing. Ian Eagle, play-by-play announcer for the Brooklyn Nets and NFL on CBS, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. I do want to switch for just a moment over to the NFL. Today, the Green Bay Packers, the first team to fire the salvo over the bow of the NFL, saying there's a possibility there might not be fans in the stands. They talked about different opt-in policies for the fans, different requirements for the fans. Um, Does the NFL – I think the NFL does because of the television money. I was going to say, should the NFL even be playing if they don't have fans in the stands? But – I, I think there's going to be an NFL start to the season. I, I'm sure you get it, too. Hey, are we going to get sports, and are they going to be able to finish it? I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure you've been asked that probably a million times. I have. I have, and I wish I had answers. And Normally, when I'm asked questions about topics that I'm very familiar with, I feel a sense of conviction in my responses. But right now, because there's an ever-changing landscape, Every day it's something different. Every day it's something new. Uh, To make these proclamations uh, is almost silly uh, based on the timing of it. Look, Bill, the NFL, their best friend in this equation has been time. They've been able to sit back. They've been able to watch the other sports and how they're dealing with it. It was their offseason. So other than the NFL draft, which, by the way, came across really well, it ended up being – a really nice, intimate event. No, it wasn't it, the large gathering that they've had in recent years to show off their popularity in Nashville and Philadelphia and New York and Chicago. But, man, I enjoyed it. I think a lot of NFL fans enjoyed it. It did show a side and a human side to the athletes and their families. Uh, it worked. Now, with that said, this is much bigger. You've got 53 players on a team. You have 10 players on a practice squad. And your life is not a bubble in the NFL. Yes, you come into your quote-unquote bubble on a daily basis, but you leave and you go to your families and you go to your friends and your cousins and uh, whoever it might be, you're interacting with others. How they possibly can control that at that large a scale, not one team, 32 teams. So, again, today – I don't want to say anything definitive. I believe the NFL uh, right now is operating under the, the assumption that they're going to play, and they have to prepare as if they're going to play. But now the clock is ticking. 
You know, what was an ally for them, uh, the fact that they could sit back in April and May and June, is no longer as much of uh, an advantage. We're in July. Training camps are around the corner. Preseason games, and we've heard the possibility of cutting down to two or maybe doing away with it altogether. The schedule is the schedule now. And at some point, they're going to have to address what the plan is publicly and how they're going to handle it in a uniform fashion. And as you mentioned with the Packers, if we're getting a little dribs and drabs of information that the Raiders want fans, the Packers want fans, the Bills don't want fans, everybody has to be in lockstep here. Uh, and that's something that is a big challenge when it comes to 32 owners and people that have been very financially successful in their lives, and they believe their opinion is the one that counts most. Ian, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Stay safe in the bubble. Uh, enjoy it because you're going to get it up close and personal when you get there, and thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes, okay? Yeah, my pleasure, Bill. Enjoy uh, the weekend, and uh, I think I'm going to start on uh, that whole beer thing now. <laughs> Great. Talk to you soon. There you go. <laughs> Have one on us. There you go. Ian Eagle, play-by-play announcer for the Brooklyn Nets in the NFL and CBS, and uh, working on his first few beverages as he gets ready for the weekend. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Schneider hiring drivers right now. 85-plus years. They've been doing it, my friends, and if you're looking for a team to go to, this is a team that is looking for you. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. 844-PRIDE. Or go to schneiderjobs.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.